there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! One, welcome to the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Matt Goody, delighted to say I'm joined tonight by the legends John Hartson and Barry Ferguson. If you want to get through to the guys, 0808 17 17 700 to put your points across. What have we got in the news today? Rangers director Andrew Dixon has left the club, the latest big name to do so, following hot in the heels of Craig Mulholland and of course in the past couple of weeks, Douglas Park, Ross Wilson and Stuart Robertson have also announced that they are leaving or are going at the end of the season. Our very own John Hartson is back Celtic to reach 56 titles before Rangers do. Celtic should clinch title number 53 in the next game or two. And, of course, Rangers already on 55. There's other topics that we can talk about that's going to be a busy show and the boys are right up for it tonight, let me tell you. So if you want to put your point to Barry or John, in association with Macklin Motors, please do so. 0808 17 17 700. OK, Barry. There we are, the music's away. It's gone, we've got it down, we've got it down. I hope the listeners can still hear us. I'm sure they can. And the music's gone. Barry. Just talking there about uh, Rangers. What's your latest take? I know Andrew Dixon's more in, in the background in terms of uh, a kind of finance director, but he's been at the club for a number of years. But he's just a, another departure, and it seems to be a clear out at Rangers that's been starting at the very top and, and working its way down. Yep, there's there's been um, a lot of change, a lot of people going about um, the football side of things, but I think behind the scenes, since John Bennett's took the reins from Douglas Park, he's certainly made a, a number of changes um, and I think that's what the, the Rangers fans would have want, wanted going going forward. I think sometimes change is good, Mark, no doubt about it. People coming in with fresh I- ideas, a bit of energy as well because um, guys like Douglas Park, listen, to be fair to him, he's, he, he put his money where his, his mouth is. He, he dug deep into his pockets to help Rangers out. Andrew Dixon had been there for around about 30 years, Mark, um, so... Yeah, but it's time for change and I think the Rangers fans will be excited to see what this change brings. John, do you see similarities at what's happening at Rangers in the past month or so to maybe what happened at Celtic just under two years ago when Neil Lennon was away, Peter Lawwell was away and we did see significant changes at the football club? Yeah, well, I agree with Barry, Mark. I think if uh, you know uh, Barry just mentioned Andrew Dixon's been there for a number of years, Freshness is is not a bad thing. I think it's uh, new ideas and and obviously the the regime where, when Ange came in, you know the the recruitment all of a sudden became a lot better. You know the the, the Asian market that Ange tapped into, lots of other players as well, taking the likes of Joe Hart and he was backed. You know and Ange has been magnificent. You know uh, throughout this time at Celtic. Well, we have to we have to um, appreciate as well that Ange was backed in in, in the transfer market and uh, and obviously with all them changes that happened to Celtic, 
um, you know, it's come to fruition. But what, what you don't want is to is obviously um, make changes and 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 not improve. You know that 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 would be a, a disaster case. But uh, I think as well, uh, Michael Beale m- might have uh, a say in what's gone on because you know he, he might be he might not be happy working with you know certain people if the club are backing the manager and want the manager to stay long term. Then he want he might want somebody that he really really gets uh, gets along with. Are you and, talking about in Ross Wilson's role, particularly mm. the director of football, who they, they do need to have a yeah, bit. and they are, that that understanding has to be watertight. And if there's any if there's any sort of disagreements and, and things like this, um, then then obviously it becomes a problem. So Michael Beale might have might want you know he might want to bring his own people in, you know, own people that that, that he can work with and, and go forward from there. Barry, I'll get your take on that. Before we do, just breaking news here. Lionel Messi is leaving PSG in the summer. There's also been a fallout in the past 24 hours in terms um, of his trip to Saudi Arabia, but Lionel Messi will leave PSG in the summer. Barry, Michael Beale, it's not been clear if Rangers are going to bring in a new director of football or whatever the title's going to be. First of all, do you think that they will or do you think that Michael Beale, if it's up to him, would just rather have full autonomy in what's going on and every part of the, the football department yeah I'm unsure whether he, he will bring in a, a director of football I, I think he likes being in charge I think he likes to make the final decision listen a sporting director a, a director of football whatever way you want to call it it is good to have because they, they take quite a lot away for the manager in terms of discussing transfer fees uh, contracts in terms of salaries or, or whatever but um, if you're asking my honest opinion, I think Michael Be- Beale might go alone and just leave it to himself and his, his staff to go and um, make the, the decisions. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, over over the, the, the summer because, as you say, there's been a lot of change behind the scenes, but there's going to be a hell of a lot of change in the playing staff, um, Mark. There's no doubt about it. We've spoke about this for a number of months now um, and I always maintained that there was quite a bit of surgery needed um, to the squad and now you're hearing, hearing Michael Beale um, speak after the game and he's making it clear that, that it's going to be the, the, the biggest changeover of players um, in a number of years. So there's a lot going on at, at Rangers just now, but I think there's a lot of change, but I think this can be a good thing for Rangers. But sometimes change, it takes a while it does. for things to, to, mm. to come together. If you're talking about off the park and on the park, John, sometimes it just doesn't gel as quickly as you might. And the thing is, Rangers and their supporters are demanding instant success well, it, it, try to get to it can go two ways can it you know it, it might not click straight away but then how much time do you give it in terms of uh, how long do you give the, the manager and and, uh, and obviously not working with the director of football him doing it all it, it might not work it might like look at Celtic under Ange everything has worked it just clicked for whatever reason all his recruitment his recruitment it, you know the people that are bringing in the players Every player has almost been a success, so you don't know. It's, it's a gamble, whichever way you look at it. You know, you, you're gambling. But Celtic decided to do it, and they wanted uh, Eddie Howe. They eventually got Ange Postecoglou. Ange came in and said, "I want this. I want that. I want this player. I want that. I want. I want to spend this money. I need this money." He was backed, and it's worked. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe at Rangers it'll work under Michael Beale. You know, not not working with the director of football. So him and him and his him and his uh, coaching staff. They can pick the players. I always prefer that anyway. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the top managers, the Martin O'Neills, the, the Sir Alex Ferguson's, 
nobody signs a player with, without their uh, consent. Mm-hmm. So because if that player, if, if they don't decide that on that player, if it's not, say, Sir Alex Ferguson's decision, I don't think these top managers would allow players to come in above their heads mm-hmm. unless they've targeted them and said, I want that player, I want that player. Because otherwise, they take the flack mm-hmm. and, and they've not made that decision. But a lot of clubs do it. You know, Chelsea work with the director of football. All the top clubs now have a director of football. Um, but I know some of the managers, maybe being a bit of, you know, the older managers, the the managers that um, that were successful, you know, years ago, um, they would have had a feeling like, well, I'm not having somebody above my head signing my players, you know. And this is this is the line now that Michael Beale is possibly going down if he doesn't get a director of football above his head. Yeah, I think it's got to lie in the manager's shoulders. Mm. I think he's got to make the the final decision. It's, you've got a scouting network, and obviously you've got a director of football. But if you're making a signing, or you're wanting to sign a player. The final decision has got to come down to the manager. And I, listen to Michael Beale and hearing how he operates, I think that's the way that he likes to do his business. We're going to touch on Celtic just for a, a few minutes as well. And after the debate, when we come back for the second part, we're going to take a look, a close look at the Rangers squad and see who the boys think is going to survive. And I, I do know, we're talking to Barry about it off air. Barry has got one or two surprise names that he thinks could be part uh, of a big clean out uh, at Ibrox in, in the summer but before we get to that John you're looking at Celtic there's not mm-hmm. been a lot of names linked in terms of uh, players coming in but first of all do, do you think it's going to be difficult for Celtic to improve in what they have in terms of signing first team starters that, that can come in within the budget well I can tell you now Mark that Angel already have four or five names up his sleeve in terms of who he would like to sign Celtic will be inundated with agents and videos and clips of players that are offered to Celtic. Ange will want to improve the side because to win, continuously win, you have to keep improving the team. You have to keep that, you know, the, the, the players, the desire, the commitment that they show, but it's the quality. And Celtic will go straight into the Champions League and did well, obviously, last season. Never, never, got, never got out of the group stage. But he will know what he wants and he will know what position that, that he wants in terms of you know bringing extra players in. Not a lot of movement now, but over the summer, Celtic will be flooded. The newspapers will just have a frenzy in terms of how many players are linked with Celtic. It's okay being linked and all that talk about how many come in, but I know for a fact he, he's not the type of manager to just rest on the success. Mm-hmm. He wants to go again. He wants to take Celtic further in Europe. He, he talks about the Strachans of the O'Neills and, and Neil Lennon, if you like, in the, in the previous three managers before him, how much success they had and how well they did in Europe getting out to groups. He'll want to emulate them, guys. If it was up to you and you'd won position that you could strengthen and, and get a guaranteed first-team starter in for next season, what position would you go for? Well, O is, is untried at that level. Uh, the, the 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 striker that they brought in to, um, to to add to what they've got with Kyogo, but it would be a centre forward. It would be a top class centre forward, and they cost the most money, Mark, because forwards win your games. Um, so for me, you you know Kyogo, if Kyogo gets an injury, you know as I said, oh, I like Ho, I like him. What I've seen of him so far, I think he's aggressive. He he'll take it in. He runs in behind. He's quick. He's scored some good goals. 
Well, I just think going into the Champions League and, and to continue the, the success domestically, if I had one player I would choose, I love Kyogo and I would keep him in. But if anything was any type of injury, I'm not too sure whether O is the mm-hmm. type because he's untried. That's all yeah. I'm saying. He's a good player, mm-hmm. but if I had one, if I had one position, I, I strengthen through the middle. I want to get a name from you after the the break, then, so you can think of somebody who's you know within the the budget of somebody realistic they can I'm get. How much budget you give me? <laughs> uh, well, you can choose. You can choose. <laughs> well, got, we've actually got a caller on the lines dialed 0808 17 17 700 If you want to get through to John Hartson and Barry Ferguson tonight, we've got David. A Celtic fan on the line, and David, you want to ask the lads um, how they think that uh, Celtic should build for next season? Well, well, yeah, I kind of wanted to pose the question. Hi, hi, guys. By the way, hi, David. Um, I, you, you kind of answered my question to a certain extent, but I kind of wanted to pose this to both of you. You know, how, how do you think Celtic should build for next season? You know, not just in the, in the playing staff, it's on other areas, John. That you think that the club can improve on? you know, to go on and do better in Europe next season. And Barry, you were the team about Rangers, you know, where do you think you need to really spend the money and improve on to, to, to improve their fortunes? Go on, Buzz, you go first. Well, where do you start, David? <laughs> we're, we're Rangers. I, I think it's going to be just as big as um, when Postacoglu came into Celtic. I think he brought, what was it, 13, 14 players in. Um, I don't know if it'll just be as that much but I, I think you, you'll be looking at I says on Monday night when I was on the show you're looking at 9 or 10 players I, I think I think there could be a, a few surprises there's a few guys I look at going into the final year year of their contracts guys like Glenn Kamara John Lundstrom and if they're not going to be extending their contracts or if the manager doesn't see them being part of the plans then they can't allow what's happened this year to, to Ryan Kent and, and Morelos let their contracts run down so I'm looking at nine, ten players coming in for Rangers. Um, no doubt about that. David, do you think that um, any Celtic players will be sought after uh, in the summer? Is there maybe one or two that you might be concerned that will be um, getting big bids for? I, I think you, 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 you'd be an idiot not to think so. You know, with, with, with the way some of the players have played. I mean, Alexi Kiwogo has been absolutely outstanding. I'm sure he's got a lot of admirers. Hitati in the middle of the field. I mean, him in particular, I think, you know, we've missed him after, after, uh, over the last few weeks, joining the last few mm, games. Yeah. I think the, the way that Celtic's played, you know, has not been as forceful. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to get out of the team, you know, because he's, he's good at driving for the midfield, you know. Reminds me of Petrov a lot. That, that, that yes. Effect. No, I, I agree with you, David. I, I, I would just say that you know, Ange will keep moving forward. He's not the type of manager to stand still and, and to say, well, I've won five trophies, you know, since I've been at the club. He's won a brilliant treble this year. I know we are going to win the league. It's as much as a matter of when. Um, we could clinch it at hearts, obviously, you know, this weekend. But um, for me, it's a case of just finding a bit more quality. You know, the step up, you look at Alistair Johnson. No disrespect to... Um, the Juranovic. Juranovic and, and the young... Ralston. Ralston, sorry, a brain freeze there. Um you know, Alistair Johnson's machine-like. He's machine-like. You know, he, he, he drives forward. The other two were very good. But Alistair Johnson, David, is a step up. He's quality. Um, and, and, that, and that's what we need to do. You know, will he think that Greg Taylor... Can Greg Taylor cope with um, Champions League football 
domestic league and he, he'll want to be successful. But it just for me, it's just the quality. You know, he, he'll want to add and, and bring in, um, you know, better players for, for certain for certain positions. And, and that's how I feel that, you know, I've said about a centre-forward, if anything happens to, to Kyogo, we've only got O in, in replacement and he's untried at the highest level. Um, so a centre-forward, I think, would, would be an, an option, but they don't come very cheap. Um, Celtic go into the Champions League, so I, I think um, there will be there will be some money there for Ange to obviously go looking for for players. Now I don't want to sound disrespectful when I say better players because Celtic have got tremendous players, but going into the Champions League that is the highest level. You know that is the holy grail. You can't go higher than that. So that's that's what I'm trying to say, David, is to add in to the talent and, and, and the group that he has and be, be having the common sense to maybe sell one or two of the ones because like everything else, he might have to, one or two might have to leave to bring two or three in, if you know what I'm saying. John, just we've got some breaking news at the Scottish Cup final between Celtic and Inverness, Saturday, June the 3rd, is now a 5.30pm kickoff. It's to avoid a clash with the English FA Cup final and Celtic have already said they are disappointed with that decision. The Scottish Cup final, June the 3rd, 5.30 kick-off at Hamden. I'm sure that will get some people wanting to call in 0808 17 17 700 to speak to John Hartson and Barry Ferguson. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Welcome to the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Mark Goody in for Paul Cooney 0808 17 17 700 if you want to get through to the legends Barry Ferguson and John Hartson we've got plenty going on tonight the Scottish Cup final <clears throat> between Celtic and Inverness on June the 3rd is now a 5.30 kickoff. they've had to move the kickoff time to uh, accommodate the English FA Cup final so there is not a clash and Celtic have already said that they are unhappy about that Rangers Director of Finance Andrew Dixon has left the club another high profile name on the back of Craig Mulholland Douglas Park Ross Wilson and Stuart Roberts if you want to get through and talk about those points 0808 17 17 700 to get through to Barry and John Barry said in the first half of the, the first part of the programme we wanted to get your take on the Rangers squad couple of names that you think players that are still in contract that, that could be uh, part of what you think is going to be a big clearer yeah because the simple fact is Mark, they can't allow their contracts to, to run down um, I thought they got lucky with Connor Golson last season um, he agreed to stay which was um, for me um, a good bit of business uh, by Rangers to, to keep him but you look what's happened this season with Morelos um, and Ryan Kent if you're looking at Making money off players, they were the type of players that you you would you should never let their contracts run down. So I'm looking at guys like um, Lindstrom, Glenn Kamara, who's not played a lot of football under under Michael Beale, who are going into their final years of their uh, final sorry year of their, their contract. So if they're not going to be a big part of Michael Beale's plans going forward, then I think Rangers might look to do um, some sort of business with with players like that. John, I'd like to get your, your take on... I mean, I think we're taking for granted now that Alfredo Morelos will, will leave Rangers uh, in a few weeks' time. He might never actually play for the club again in terms of what Michael Beale mm-hmm. uh, thinks of the final five league games. Has Antonio Cholak get any kind of role to play 
at Rangers next season even as a the kind of backup striker if they get this kind of top number nine in or do you think that Cholak will want to uh, move on and go and get football elsewhere? No, I think he's got a role to play. I, th- I think Cholak's actually did quite well. I just think that Michael Beals, I said this three or four months ago, I think one of the reasons why uh, Cholak had a little knock, didn't he? He was out for a good few weeks before he's come back in of late, you know, sub coming on, things like this. But one of the reasons he was playing Morelos was to try and sell him, was to try and get people interested in Morelos because he clearly is not fit. You know, he, he, he's not he's not a, he's not a shadow of the player he was eighteen months ago, um, and, and it's, it's baffling to think what why would he keep playing him through the middle. Um, but in my opinion, it was a case to get a bit of interest for him because otherwise, if he's sitting out, then nobody you know nobody's looking at him, are they? But um, Cholak, yeah, I think he's got a role to play. I think he's he's your big focal point. He's your target man. Uh, why get rid of him? He's on he's on a contract for enough for until next season, the end of next season, I believe. Um, so yeah, and, and I'm talking. There's talk about Scott Wright leaving. There's talk, you know, Tom Lawrence. I know he's come to the club and Matunda, but they've done absolutely nothing. Mm. They've done nothing. Lawrence started okay. He got a few goals when he first came in, and and unfortunately for him, he he, he got an injury. But when you come to big clubs like this, you can't. You've got to make an impact. You've got to make an impact, and and and, and there's, there's several signings and players that that haven't done that. Ryan Kent has been so disappointing in the last couple of months. Really, he's he's, he's gone missing. You know, these players are a I, I, uh, couple of seasons ago. You know, these these guys were the, were the main players, and you've got you've got to make an impact when you come to a football club. So for me, yes, I think Cholak will have a part to play. See, see, in terms of Cholak, I get the impression if he's not going to be the main number nine, I don't think he'll want to stay there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that Michael Beale wants to bring in mm-hmm. a number nine. So I think Cholak, if he's looking at it, he's thinking, well, I don't want to play second fiddle. And again, he's got another couple of years of his contract. I think since when he's come in, mm-hmm. he's done pretty well. He scored goals. He's done the hardest thing. Is he pleasing on the eye? Does he come in and link up? No, but he's not that type of player. He's a penalty box um, striker. He knows where the back of the net is, but I honestly believe if he thinks he's not going to be the number one striker, I think he'll, he'll want to go and then Rangers, I think, will cash in. Is Sakala good enough to be the main back, backup striker? And, and tell me, I'd love to get your opinions on what is the future for Kimar Roof at Rangers? He's got a year to go, but unfortunately... His attendance record just hasn't been great this yeah, season. Yeah, it's been really poor, but in terms of Kemar Roof, you can't question he's got ability, but you need to be out in that pitch, Mark. Um, what I do know is he's over in Doha just now, over in Qatar, um, doing rehab with the specialists out there to try and make sure that he's he's up and ready and fully fit to go at pre-season. Because if, you, if you've got a fit Kemar Roof and you, you know that you're going to get 25, 30, 35 games out of him, you keep him. It's a it's a gamble. That is a gamble. One hundred percent. You know what, what do you if you get a decision to make? That, what, that's what do you the do reason you? why he's out there. Mm-hmm. He's out in Doha just now with the specialists. They're having a good look at him. He's working really hard in the gym. He's doing all his his stuff. Uh, and then I think he'll know after that period out in Doha that he comes back if he knows that he's going to be fit and ready and ready to go in pre-season. I think, I think on the back of his injury problems and the amount of games he does miss. I think the way to judge a situation like this is who would actually come in and buy Kemar Roof? 
because you look at his injury record, you look at his attendance on the pitch, you look at his attendance on the training ground, you'll get all this information before you go and pay decent money for him. You know, he he, he came he came to the club for a couple of million, I think. What, what he, did he come big money? Came out yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, from, 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 from Anderlecht, yeah. 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 But, and he's one of the highest paid, that, I think. Anything that you do with Kemar Roof, whether you keep him or whether somebody wants to come in and buy him, he's seen as a risk. He's seen as a very high risk now because he just doesn't play enough games. I, I agree with, with John. Look, if he's not going to be part of the plans going forward, I don't think there'll be many clubs lining up to try and to try and sell him. But then you're in a, a horrible situation. Well, only Barry because of his, of his lack of games. Yeah. I'm like you. I think he's a very good player. And I think when he's fit... He's, he's scored some really yeah. good goals. But, but there I'm comes the problem. Because he doesn't play enough games. But there comes a the problem. Teams won't want to exactly. near him because yeah. he's attendance record, but he's still got a year left in big salary. So Rangers then have to maybe sit down and, and come to some sort of agreement. Or um, they're hoping, and I hope as well for Kemar Ruth, that... He goes out. He's out there in Doha, and he comes back, and he's mm. he's fit and ready to go. But you you won't find that out until hopefully he completes a full pre-season. Because a fit Kemar Roof, he, he is a quality operator. Okay, the lines are red hot. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700 If you want to get through to Barry Ferguson and John Hartson on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, that's the number that Gary from the Gorbals has dialed and Gary wants to speak about the decision to put the Scottish Cup final kickoff time back to half past five. Barry, what, Gary, sorry, what's your view on it? How you doing, Mark? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, basically just, you know, it's the fans getting um, getting the, the raw end of the deal again, you know. I mean, in terms of a half five kickoff, I don't get why Scottish football should get um, play have to play second fiddle to an English FA Cup final when both games could easily get played. That it's not like you know, it's not like it's it's uh, a Celtic Rangers final potentially where you could save as a bigger audience. You know, I I don't I, I don't I wouldn't assume that there's going to be a massive audience for a Celtic Inverness final in terms of an English based audience kind of thing. So you know, I can't imagine an English based audience wanting to watch a Celtic Inverness Cup final. So I, I think it's just I think it's just a bit of a, a raw deal for the fans basically. John. Well, if it's been put back because of the English Cup final, then I can understand. I'm I'm with Gary, but is there not a little bit of thought as well for Inverness supporters, you know, having time to get down? But three o'clock would be fine. Um, this is why I can never understand when, when say, Aberdeen and um, Inverness ever meet in a, in, a, in a final. Why do them teams have to... I know Hamden is the showcase stadium in Scotland and people have to deal with it. Well, why can't they play that at, an, at a sort of neutral venue, maybe Edinburgh or something? So I can never understand that. I think they should be fairer. Think about the supporters. Think about how much it costs to travel. Young kids bringing you for their big day. Um, so for me, you know, it's if it's because of the English, uh, that's why they moved it back. I'm not in agreement of that. I'd rather it still be three o'clock. Barry, you've played, played in what, five Scottish Cup finals. You've won five. But I find that for me, and the Scottish Cup final, three o'clock yeah, on a Saturday. Okay, it was live on TV for the past, you know, God knows how many years. But as a player, they have it at half past five. Is it not taking right. that away? You're the man. You're the man in the know. Has it ever been anything they, they, else they apart moved, from? They moved it to a Sunday about 
ten yeah, years ago. Yeah, but it's still ago. three o'clock. Still three o'clock. Yep. So certainly I, I never been care. half past I, I five. I don't care if it's Celtic or Rangers against Albion Rovers. It's got to be three o'clock, whether that's a Saturday or Sunday. It's got to be a three o'clock kick-off. I don't care what anybody says. What do you think, uh, Gary, in terms I, of your, yourself? What do you think in terms of what that does for the football support or moving it to half past five instead of three o'clock for cup final day? Well, I think in terms of Celtic fans that obviously stay in the city, then it, you know it doesn't really affect them either way, kind of thing. But obviously, fans travelling either down from England or over from Ireland, kind of thing, it's not ideal because in terms of you then potentially need to book an overnight stay in Glasgow. You can't maybe travel back. Um, I know the Inverness fans. I think if I'm right in saying Inverness, the last train back to Inverness would be about seven o'clock, half seven, kind of thing. So that's that's not going to be viable for them. Um, I just think, as Barry says, I think the last the last kind of cup Scottish Cup final that that wasn't played in a in a three o'clock um, Saturday slot was probably the Heart Celtic game for the quadruple treble. I believe that was a Sunday. I might be wrong. I believe that was a Sunday. That was probably the last time it was changed. I just think it should be a three o'clock. It's. I mean, I get that you know the FA Cup final is a massive game. You know as well. Um, Man City, Man United, it's never happened before and I think the whole reason that got changed to a 3 o'clock was because of the Epsom derby was, was getting screened live so it's it's a kind of snowballing effect I just I just think, I don't, I don't get the, the point bit behind moving it to a, an evening kickoff. Um, I mean even if it moved it to lunchtime kickoff, it still wouldn't have been the, the right call in my opinion and, and as I say I know Celtic aren't very happy. I don't know if Inverness have released a, a statement yet, but I know Celtic aren't happy because they feel they haven't been consulted properly. Um, Barry? Yeah, well, what if it goes to extra time and penalties? And people have got flights and ferries. And you know what I'm trying to say here, hopefully it does. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you, you've got to think of things like that, you know what I mean? So I, I don't understand why um, they're, they're, they're moving it to, to that time. I, 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 listen, it's... it's I understand with the travel situations and things it's like tradition, this. tradition, John. Tradition, but at the end of the day, you know, you're in the cup final. You know, just deal with it. It's like, all right, it's not it's not three o'clock, it's half past five, but you've got to the final. Go and win it. And is everybody going to say when whoever wins it, oh, we played at half past five. The, the big thing here is is the cup final and winning the cup. And because it's changed a couple of hours, yeah, it's tradition, I get that, but... I just think everybody's making a big thing out of this and I think it's just a bit over the top. What, what if it was the Welsh Cup final? <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't care if it was a Friday night pass as long as I was in it and we won it, you know? Have you got, have you got a name for us yet? The striker? No. Not yet. I'll give you another couple me, of minutes. Give me till the end of the show. I'll give you another. <laughs> On the, um, you haven't given me my budget, by the way. Right, I'll, I'll say, let's say, so I think Celtic's dearest one under and just been running about the six million, hasn't it, for Carter Vickers and... Mm. And Jota. So let's say seven between seven and eight. Right, you've okay. got a budget between seven and eight. Um, we're going to go back onto the lines, and we're going to have Jim from Aberfoyle. Hi, Jim, and he wants to speak to Barry in terms of what the the future holds for John Lundstrom at Rangers. I will, I'll agree with Barry. If Lundstrom and Kamara don't sign extensions, they should be sold because they have not learned from the Brian Lauder debacle. Sat on the sidelines for almost the best part of a season when Rangers were going for 10 in a row. The Morales and Kent situation should never have happened. That's just total failure. 
Barry, yeah, I, I'm with him. I'm with Jim. I, I'll be shocked if both start the season if they haven't signed extensions. Um, and I, I'm, I'm meaning by signing extensions, I'm not saying they're going to be a party, but if you sign an extension, then you can get a bit more money for them. Mm-hmm. So they, they can't allow, as I say, they were lucky with Golston. And this season, Mariel Loss, he, he cost a million quid, but Ryan Kent cost Rangers seven million quid. Mm-hmm. From Liverpool, then add his wages on top of that. It's what, a lot of money. What do you think? I mean, just on that, because sometimes you forget about the money that Rangers paid for for, for Ryan yep. Kent. It was it was substantial, a hell million. of a lot of money. Yep. Uh, how would you assess his overall assessment in terms of for that fee? Done good, but could have done better. Mm-hmm. I've been. I, I was greedy with Ryan Kent. I wanted to see more of him. Um, I think it's all in there, um, but just unfortunately, over the last past what three or four months he's just not been at it one thing you can't label against Ryan Kent is he's always worked hard mm-hmm. some players when they, they, they're coming running down their contract they go through the motions but one thing about Ryan Kent is if he's not played well at least he's put a shift in for the, the, the team Jim what do you think of Ryan Kent's overall assessment to, to Rangers he's had several outstanding games but not the consistency that you would have expected I mean, see, his first season when he was in loan, he was brilliant. And that's why Rangers pushed the ball out to get seven million to buy him. But since then, he's had exceptionally good games, but then been bang average in the rest of John, you, you played with some fantastic winners during your career, and you relied on, on service in terms of the amount of goals that you scored in your career. What, what would you think of of Kent if he was one of your teammates in terms of what he's produced the past year? I, I'd want... I'd want um, Obviously, I'd want him to get the ball in the box. I had this problem with Eden McGeady. He kept like Ryan Kent. He's definitely got ability, right? He's a player with with a huge talent. Um, but does he make enough goals for your striker? I know he can cut inside and have shots. He's scored big goals in in the in the in, in the derby games. Um, but but for me, I I think I'd want a little bit more from my from my. He's not like a winger, is he? He's he's he's, he's like a. An inside, so he plays inside, he loves to cut inside. Well, I'm wanting him maybe to go round the outside and cross balls in, lift it up to the back post. and these. But we're talking about uh, Ryan Kent here. What if there's a scenario he didn't want to sign a new contract? Mm. He's let his contract run down. The club really can't do an awful lot about it other than offer him a deal to offload him for more money and make some of that seven million investment. They but that paid. should have been done 18 months previous to that. Yeah, yeah, I know what he means. They should have sat him down yeah. and said to him, listen... Yeah. What's in your mind? Do you want to go somewhere? If not, well, that gives you a good eighteen. That gives you a good six month leading up to his final year to mm. say, right, we can maybe get him out for that. I, I don't know. Get some money back, John. I yeah. just think and, the and, way it's and been. And Morelos, I think Morelos needed to needed a change. I think mm. from from you know yeah, in the agree. last, you know, I think he's looking for a different club, a different sort of. Um, he's almost shot his boat, Morelos, in terms of he's got his hundred goals. And he, he hasn't tried a leg, you know. He's just, for me, he's, I said earlier on, I think I think Beal was playing him to put him in the shop window. Every time I, I watch and listen to, to comments, Morelos is, is getting all types of flack from Rangers supporters for not putting in the effort, for looking sluggish, for not, you know, even, even at the game there against Celtic. You know, he was probably the one that people were hammering be, you know, because because he didn't he didn't do well enough in the game, 
So for me, I just think Morelos needed to get away for his own for his own career. And listen, he done very well for the, for his first period at Rangers, getting to a hundred goals. Very big, you know. That's a you know that's a benchmark for for, for him. But uh, for me, I, I just think he, he needs he needs a new challenge, Morelos. Well, the phones have been busy tonight and thanks to Gary and Jim for those calls 0808 17 17 700 if you want to get through to the Go Radio football show to speak to the legends Barry Ferguson and John Hartson The Go Radio football show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go It's the Go Radio football show with Macklin Motors and Matt Goody in for Paul Cooney 0808 17 17 700 if you want to get through the top men are here tonight John Hartson and Barry Ferguson are in the studio the lines have been red hot breaking news the Scottish Cup final has been moved to a 5.30 kickoff during the 3rd Celtic v Inverness uh, other news today Lionel Messi is leaving PSG Andrew Dixon is leaving Rangers and Jude Bellingham is in advanced talks with Real Madrid for a multi-million pound transfer from Borussia Dortmund what a player he is but before we get on to the points we're going to get I'm actually going to get John and Barry to pick a number nine that they would sign for Celtic and a number nine they would sign for Rangers uh, in the summer so we'll get the, the, the contrasting views you won't want to miss that they're, they're busy jotting a few uh, ideas um, down just now before we do that Barry are you just are you okay without Paul being in the hot seat tonight everything alright you missing him Pal. No, I, I'm pal. just. Do, do you know what I'm fascinated about? Just obviously, he's away over to Ireland for a, a few days, and um, he was saying on Monday that he was going into recently get a velvet suit jacket. So, oh, yeah. I just I can imagine him with his high heels on and his velvet jacket over in um, is it Dublin? He is or just outside Dublin? So, well, we'll, we'll hopefully, we'll send a photo in and, and see how he's. We'll, we'll maybe playing. get a wee uh, photograph, and I hope he's having a good time and enjoying a few well earned days uh, off away for a wee. Uh, break we're going to go back on the lines why not because the, the, the people are calling in they want to get your views from John and Barry and it's Paul from Bishop Briggs who's on the line and it's just a basic one that we get a lot at this time of the year John mm-hmm. who is the player of the year going to be Paul good evening hi Mark it's Paul Cochran oh how you doing Paul who you do you okay? think you and John think of the player of the year I just got a text there from the so- association asking who the club thinks is the best now Player this year, who do you think? Who do you think is going to be the player of the well, year? I, I think there's been there's been many outstanding players. Oh, that's a, that's the same old question everybody gives. But I think McGregor. I, I think he's been unbelievable again. I think he's led from the front. He's skipped the side to a treble. Um, and I, I I know you got a Carter Vickers who's been exceptional again. Jota scores big goals, but you've been out the side for a, for a while. Kyogo's got over thirty goals so as a striker. I'm a little bit biased to the strikers. Well, I'd have to say the skipper. I'd say Callum McGregor. Not many, you know, it's brilliant. You know, Barry's done it, um, uh, being captain of of Celtic and being able to lift three trophies in one season. But besides that, it's, you know, the, never mind sentiment, it's, it's his performances. You know, every week he's he's out there and he's, he's taking the ball in and he's playing it forward. He's scored a couple of good goals as well and gets it wide he's so so intelligent as a footballer and he could play six he can take it off the back four he can play off the front um, and as I said that word drives the team forward you know when when the when the game is a little bit a bit of a lull not much happening mm-hmm. Callum is the player that people when he gets on the ball that little dart forward that little sprint that tiny little pace that he's got to get away from his, his, his marker 
So for me, um, it would be Callum McGregor. That would be my choice. But, the, you know, obviously, um, I'm not sure if everybody will agree, but that's certainly the one I'd go for. And he was kind enough to donate a signed jersey to your um, your Oaks. Well, that your that might have had years. something to do with it. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> Barry, I know you're a big fan of, of Callum McGregor as well. And I, I mean, I've not put my vote in yet for the Football Writers one, but I, I think I voted for Callum last year. So you think of the consistency that he's had. <laughs> since he took over the captaincy since Ange arrived at the football club so you're talking the best part of I know he was injured for 6-7 weeks of this season but you're talking about the best part of 90-100 to 100 games where he has been bang on it it's his level of consistency but as simple as that he, he turns out 8s out of 10 um, week in week out for, for Celtic he's always there as you say he only missed what 6 or 7 weeks with a fractured um, eye socket um, but for me he's he's turned into an outstanding midfielder. No doubt. I think the responsibilities kicked him on. Um, but in terms of player of the year, I think it's a toss of the coin between McGregor and Kyogo, <coughs> I haven't been honest with you. I, I always maintain, listen, the hardest thing in football is to score goals. I mean, John done it a number of times. Um, and I just think he might pit Callum McGregor, not just his goals, his, his work rate as well. But in saying that, Callum McGregor's the same, he just doesn't dictate games. Um, he's got high energy levels and as he says, he's, he plays every single minute for Celtic and then he goes away with Scotland and and does the same. Well, who do you think, Paul? Paul who, do you, who, who are you going for? I think Callum, definitely, because mm. right, after following the Scott Brown, now, it's unbelievable now how he's just pushes himself now a better player than everyone else. Now, the shadow of Scott Brown's amazing, but it's just been unbelievable. Yeah, he has. I mean, the, the level, even the Barry says as well, I think back to that moment, was at Scotland v Spain and, and he was driving on deep into yeah. stoppage time um, as well and, and he's doing it consistent, consistently. For I, Steve I think Celtic got away, no, no get away with it because they've still got good players in the midfield, but when he was missing for that period of time, mm. they, they did okay, but taking him out of the team, I think you lose a lot. I think if you bring them out the team, they're, they're nowhere near as uh, as good because he, he's a big influence. He, he keeps it, in, and the thing that people will look at, he keeps the game simple as well. Just keeps the game ticking. Whether that's square, 10, 15 yards, or into the, the attacking midfielders, or back into the centre defence, he keeps hold of the ball nine times out of ten. Let, let, let me ask you this because you, you, you went down and, and, and tried England a couple of times and you thoroughly enjoyed it, you excelled. Down there, Callum McGregor, homegrown boy. Now, he could have gone to, sorry, Brendan Rodgers wanted to sign him for, for Leicester Celtic resisted But Is there any time that you can see Callum going away from Celtic or do you think that's in the next four or five years he's just going to lead the football Personally, club? Personally, well, or hopefully he goes in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think now that he's captain and he's he's the main man, isn't he? Let, let's be honest. I don't think you'll, you'll um, see Callum McGregor leave Celtic. I think he could go down to the Premier League and play easily. easily. I, think, I think as well, what's been unbelievably impressive for me is he replaced one of the greats, Scott Brown, in terms of giving the armband. And there's a big responsibility with the armband. But believe me, you know, not it's not for everybody. Um, but he's he's thrived on the responsibility. He's really thrived on it. You see him now. He talks a lot more on the pitch. You know, and I never saw that uh, him has that type of player. But mm -hmm. 
he's obviously grown a lot of confidence within that role of the responsibility of being the captain, you know, at Celtic, replacing someone like Bruni. Um, and that's that's been incredibly impressive as well. It's, it's not, you know, he never felt the pressure at all of, of, of being there. If anything, he, stayed, he grabbed the bull by the horns and he said, give me the armband, I want to captain this, this team. New players coming in, look up to him, big responsibility on the training ground, how he trains, how he plays, how he is in the dressing room. So the likes of Jota and Kyogo and Johnson, all these guys come in and they go, by the way, I want to follow his lead. I want to follow the captain's lead. He's been outstanding for me. Well, thanks to Paul from Bishop Briggs for that call, a good call. Just touching again on um, Callum uh, McGregor. John, you played with some fantastic central midfielders mm. in, in your five years at Celtic. You know, Lennons, Lamberts, Petros. Would you, would you have McGregor in that bracket? I think he has to be. I think he has. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Lambert and, uh, and and Stan. I thought they were brilliant players. They were goal scorers and you know they were part of a really good team. Paul Lambert, the European Cup winner with Dortmund. Stan Petrov went and excelled in the Premier League down at, with Aston Villa under Martin. His performances for, for Celtic over the years, he had a goal in him. Again, I talk about that 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 that, that um, willingness to drive forward and get himself in the box and become a, a midfield goal scorer. So you're talking about real... You know, Lenny did a great job in, in what he'd done and what his role was in the team. So in, in terms of these players, we, we're trying to put him up against. These were fantastic players, make no ways about it. But listen, Callum's proved he, he's more than capable of, of being as good as them boys. Barry, across the, the city, have Rangers got anybody in that bracket, the club that's just you know ready to, to move up there? Or the Rangers need to go and try and find somebody like a, a they, Callum? They've got good, really good midfielders, but I, I think that's an area of the pitch that Michael Beale will, will go and strengthen. Yeah. Yep, central midfield. A lot of people are going on. Look, the front three. Yep, I think that's a major priority. But I think he'll look at the the centre of the pitch as well um, to to go and bring in a an all round midfielder, a powerhouse, like somebody that can dictate a game as well, can get about the pitch, good organizer. Um, so, so somebody to play with, asking. Yeah, and and listen, that I, I think I think he'll keep Ryan Jack as well. But the only problem with Ryan is. Again, it's his attendance. He picks up quite a, a number of injuries. I think if, if you could get Ryan Jack playing every single week, he's so important to Rangers. I think he's seen the difference with Ryan Jack in the middle of the pitch beside Raskin. I thought two of them linked up really well. But I think that's an area of the pitch that Michael Beale will be looking to, to go and strengthen. That number, that anchor kind of role. <coughs> See, if you look at the, the, the Rangers team and, and you think of what could be the starting eleven for the for the first game of next season, or even the you know the Champions League qualifiers, and, and sort of mid to late July. Who are your guys that you would certainly have staying at the club and certain starters in a new look first eleven in the summer? Well, if you're if you're looking at the the, the squad at this moment in time, who's going to be staying? At, I think you're looking at Tavernier, Goldston. I'm unsure, but Barisic is another one going into the final year of his contract yeah. as, as well, so you need to be careful there. He's an international player, and again, if he's not going to extend, then you need to look at doing something. Raskin, listen, Ras, Raskin and Cantwell are going to be part of it going forward. That was through Michael Beale signing. So if you're looking at that squad, I'm probably saying four-stroke five players will be um, there next season going forward. John, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Yeah, um, 
I think some of the younger players, the future, you know, um, maybe Leon King, Adam Devine, these people, they'll, they'll stay and they'll, they'll like they like try and nurture them to come through and become good enough to go and play for the first team. Crowd love that. We're talking about Callum McGregor, he's one that's come through the system um, all the way through. So they will definitely be a part of it. Um, and, and again, you know, it's interesting because the, the likes of Scott Arfield and people are this, people are calling. I would now. keep him. Would you keep him? That's what I'm saying. I yeah. tell you what, you can't buy experience, and it's good to yeah. have a bit of experience yeah. about the place. And for me, I thought Scott Arfield for the sixty minutes he came on at the weekend mm. was probably Rangers' best player. Stephen Davis, you know, Alan McGregor, these type of people. You can't have, you can't keep, you know, three or four players over thirty-five. Uh, and they all will be over 35 next year. So, um, you know, he's it, it, got some big decisions to make. You know, he, he's obviously going to get rid of players that have done really, really well for Rangers, you know, down the years, been, been stalwarts there, not one enough, if you're going to talk about trophies, not one enough. Um, uh, but, you know, the stalwarts, there's, there's, there's several in there, and he's got some big decisions to make. You know, he's got to make big decisions in the summer, Michael Beale. Okay, we're on the Go Radio Football Four in. If you want to get through to the guys, 0808 17 17 at 700. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Welcome back to the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Matt Goody in for Paul Cooney. We are with Macklin Motors 0808 17 17 700. It's been a busy old show in the first hour and the second hour is going to be just as good. I promise you that. The boys have been brilliant during the break there. They've had the Rothmans out. They've been in transfer market. They've been thinking of strikers to bring to Rangers, strikers to bring to Celtic. And let me tell you, they have got some cracking names. That's going to get you guys talking out there. It's been a right good show. We've had plenty of callers. What can we say about the news so far today? The Scottish Cup final has moved back to a 5.30 kickoff. Celtic v Inverness. Uh, on June the 3rd at Hamden uh, Celtic have already said they're not happy about the decision other breaking news Lionel Messi will be leaving PSG in the summer Andrew Dixon will leave Rangers the finance director and Jude Bellingham is on the verge of signing for Real Madrid from Borussia Dortmund so it's been a busy old day, Sam Allardyce in as well uh, today doing his first uh, presser as the manager of Leeds United just to touch on that, Barry, were you surprised to see Big Sam coming in? It's just mad, four games to go. They, they sack their manager, they only brought him in a couple of months ago. Yep, it's no when to plan, but they're, they're, they're still, they're just outside the relegation and goal difference, correct me if I'm wrong there. I think they need, um, maybe, is it four points, a win and a drop, but I think they play Man City yep, next, is that right? But listen, that's what you've got, with. They've got Spurs, they've got, um, is it Man City? They've got really, really, yeah. they've got the four of the toughest games. Um, but it's crazy bringing a manager in for four games. Mm. Yeah. 
Mm. Even Sam said himself today, I listened to the radio, he said, I've not got a lot of time. But maybe one win might just do it. Yeah, well, we'll see Leeds United. It's quite a fight down at the bottom of the... But one one, one thing about league. Sam Allardyce is that Leeds United over the last, what, six or seven games have conceded some amount yeah. of goals. And that's one thing about big Sam's teams, they're organised. Mm -hmm. And that's, as Big John's just says there, he's not got a lot of time, but that's one of his forties, isn't it? His defensive setup. Yeah, and, and by conceding goals, you know, sometimes you're looking to win ugly. Mm -hmm. Just go nick it 1-0, defend for your life, throw your body in front of the ball, stop crosses and all this sort of stuff. When you're conceding two or three goals every game, it means you've got to score mm -hmm. more than obviously, yeah. you know, but it's difficult, but as I said, if anybody can do it, Sam can, he's a genius, and he's done it before many times. Well, we'll wait and see. Right, names, strikers, I love this wee bit. Um, so Barry, let's just recap. We think Morelos is, is away, you think Cholak potentially away as well if he's not going to be the main man. Mm -hmm under Michael Beale, so Rangers need at least one, if not two, strikers in the door uh, in the summer. Give us some names, you know, realistic targets that, that Michael Beale could go for that's going to, you know, be improve that team and turn them into a, a title winning. Yeah, the reason why I uh, marked them down pretty quickly is because I've been thinking about it for a few weeks, because um, Rangers do need to go out and, and buy another number nine, um, no doubt about that. I think he will look at the championship, Michael Beale, because he's managed there, obviously, previously mm -hmm. with QPR. And there's three names that, that jump out at me. Um, there's Lucas Yao at Redden, who I've seen a few times. Um, Alec Ray was assistant manager there until mm -hmm. uh, Paul Ince um, departed a couple of weeks ago. You've got Agpom at Middlesbrough, big boy up top, uh -huh. who's powerhouse, scores goals. And then I go back to his former club, QPR, and you've got the Scottish International, London Dykes. Okay. John, what do you think of those three names? Uh, well, they're interested, aren't they? You know, and, and the good thing is that they're in, you know, they're at the sort of value market that Rangers will be probably looking at as well. But uh, it's so difficult, you know. I'm just looking at players like you know, Benzema is out of contract. I'm like, oh, can we pull that one off? <laughs> somebody joking, by the way. Swap deal for a jetty. All the papers write that tomorrow. I'm really joking. Um, but you know, I'm looking at young because I gave you a budget of about seven or eight million, and it's so difficult, even with that I, kind of money, which is big money for Scotland. Yeah, and I was that's a month's salary for. <laughs> and I was saying to you, it's just like, how well did Ange do by bringing in a player of Kyogo's quality for six exactly, million? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you could probably treble that in in the market now. But it's difficult, you know. It, it's really, really hard um, to to see with the you know in terms of Zaha at Crystal Palace, but. Again, he's on a free. He'll just go for ridiculous amounts of money now because he's let his contract run out. Um, I'm sure that Ange will have scouts and his recruitment team looking at young forwards that are on the verge of breaking through. You know, maybe a loan deal or something like that initially, um, just to see if they can come in and play at the level. But uh, it's it's hard. It's hard for me to to find one that. Is, is not going to be out the Celtics sort of or, or within Celtics budget because they can't bring a player in and put him on huge amounts of money and then there's parody across the board because sure. that, that can upset the dressing room and everything else so it's difficult Mark it's difficult to come up with one Barry who do you think Celtic might go for? I, I think he'll go to the market where he knows inside out yeah I mean, Another surprise I, name, probably yeah, in terms of what we exactly. know. Exactly, you've got to look at his track record with the players that he's brought. And I think there's only one player that's not hit the ground running, and is, is that Idigichi? Yeah, who's yeah. away back and yeah. in loan. 
Um, so I, I think that's a market he'll he'll go back and, and have a look at. And and do you know what? I, I don't care what anybody says. If I'm Rangers, I'm looking at that market as well. Because you you look at the uh, not just the quality of the player that's that's come over. It's their their um, their energy levels. They're they're just professional yeah. looking guys. I mean, you've seen them close up. Yeah. Um, yeah. What they, Proper they, dedication. Yeah, they, and that's that's what you're getting for these players. Um, just total professionals. But alongside that, you need to be a, a good player, and that's certainly what um, you get when you go into that market. And and Rangers should be using one of their ex players who's out there managing Kevin Muscat. Mm-hmm. I'd be on the phone saying. Who's um, who's looking the part? Who's standing out? What I don't care what position. Then send people over and mm. and have a look at it because it's certainly a market worth looking at uh, for me because there's there's real good quality there. And it's listen, proof in the pudding. You see what's happening um, across the road at Celtic with the players that have come in. And you're right. I mean, they should be making those calls. It's I all about contacts. It's yeah. all about using your contacts. Well, Brendan Rodgers, you know, signing of the century for five hundred thousand was Dembele. Incredible, sold him for twenty million a year, or two years later. You know that they are out there. He just got, a, you know, he did that by speaking to people at Fulham. Um, what he, he got any young strikers that you don't think will progress and get in your first team. So obviously Fulham got it desperately wrong. Um, but I'm looking at players like um, Isaac Izzy Brown. You know, he's a former former Chelsea. He's out on loan at Wigan at the minute, twenty three years of age. Uh-huh. These young ones are bursting at the seams to play in front of a crowd. Are you talking potential for Celtic, maybe? Yeah. So they do pick up the like and, and, and and under, what they think. Yeah, as under, well. under 23s, under 21s, mm-hmm. who've not quite yet, because of the level of the first team, you know, because if Chelsea want to, Chelsea want to buy, if, if the Chelsea strikers are not scoring goals, they'll go and spend 100 million on, Mod, on Modric and all mm-hmm. these. They don't really, unless you're exceptional, you know, not many break through. Because they have the money and the finances to go and buy one of the best strikers in the world. And it's soul-destroying for the younger players. And then these guys, as I said, they are bursting at the seams to get an opportunity at a football club. You know, and that's where Celtic come in and Rangers come in and then they hit the ground run and all of a sudden you've, you've, you, you found one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are the types that, that maybe Celtic and Rangers may be looking at. Okay, if you want to get on the lines and speak to John or Barry, 0808 17 17 700, the Go Radio Football Show in association with Macklin Motors. And that's a number Regan has dialed to get through to John and Barry. How you doing, Regan? I'm Mark, I'm doing well, thanks. Good, good. I hope you're not missing Paul too much. You okay without him? No, Mark, you're doing very well, but you're doing very well. No, I, did, I wasn't fishing for a call, but I was wanting, I was wanting to say you're missing, you're missing Paul. He'll be listening. Paul will be listening in. Aye, Paul, I'm missing you, but I, but I think Mark may be putting you a job, mate. All right, no, let's, move let's move on. Let's move on. What's your point tonight, Regan? Um, I just wanted to say that, uh, that I don't think people are speaking about it, but if Carl McGregor wins, he'll become one of the most successful uh, players in world football because he'll win five trebles. I one club and I think I know that me and John have debated before in Barry as well about uh, people becoming legends at Rangers and Celtic but I think if, if, if Callum McGregor if he becomes the only player to win five trebles at one club I think that would be an incredible achievement Is it not five trebles and, and in that four quadruples? Am I right to say in that? 
Yeah, well, McGregor's been there for, for every one of them. Four, quarter, the five nine, nine yeah. Years, yeah. So that makes it even more impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he's highly decorated, yeah. Quadruple, triple, yeah. Yeah. if you like. That, yeah. that's it. See, when you actually think about it, that's not right. I know. Some amount of trophies. Four trebles in a row, 12. And he's only danger. 30, I think he's only 30. 30. I think he's only 30, I think he's only 30, so he's got a long time to go as well. He's probably got another five, uh, five or two, uh, six, Six years in him, so uh, it's a very good achievement. Yeah, he's he's um, won enough. Uh, he's won enough, Regan. So he's he's better going elsewhere. When he took the captaincy, when he was given the captaincy, almost two years ago, when Scott Brown uh, left, did, did you have any doubts at all about Callum's ability to go and um, captain the football club? Um, no, that I had doubts, Mark. But I was I think it was on his program saying I wanted a uh, uh, crucifer Ayer to be captain uh, because yeah, he's a centre-back and he's a, a perfect uh, person for the role but, but I think Callum McGregor's proven that he's he's very, very good and he's a he's a totally different captain to Scott Brown but he's, he's very, very good in the same level so I think for Celtic they've been very, very lucky that because I, 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 because I think for McGregor he'll admit it as well but, but he's probably took something from Scott Brown as well. Is he your uh, player of the year, Regan, or have you got somebody else in mind? Uh, I would probably say uh, Kyogo, mm-hmm. but I think if you're looking over the, uh, like John was saying earlier, I was listening, but, uh, I think uh, it'll probably be Callum McGregor, but uh, for me, I would go Kyogo just because he's got 30 goals and he's playing really well. Yep. What do you think of that, John? Are you, you're well, you're McGregor, like, aren't you? But it's I, tight. Uh, McGregor would, if I had to vote now, that uh, he would get my vote. But I, I totally get Celtic fans see these players and, and they'll have their own favourites. They'll have their own, uh, you know, the, make up their own minds in terms of who who they would like to get. But I, I, I was just going on about you know the captaincy. He's he's one of your own. Um, the way that he's gone about it and. Uh, Incredibly impressive, but a really fine player as well. I'm a huge fan of Callum McGregor. But again, you know, Regan thinks Kyogo may well win. He might get the votes. But for me, my vote would go to Callum. Okay, Barry, just on Rangers, who, who do you feel has been Rangers' most consistent player this season? Oof, that's a, a, a good question. Um, I, I would probably have to say to James Tavernier because he's popped up with a number of goals at, at big moments. In the, in the game Conor Golson I think you've seen the difference when he came in at the, the weekend he's more of a he's a different type of leader mm-hmm. um, but he, he's been a big miss over the, the last uh, few weeks of injury but I would probably have to say um, Tavernier and listen his name comes up in a lot of debates some Rangers fans are, are not having him um, I think he's a good player defensively is he the strongest no he's not but I think he makes up for it in other yeah. wins. I, I, and it's not, it's not a priority position. I, There's a lot more positions that need attended to. Def- to I know you're a, a full-back and you've got to defend first and foremost. I get that. But the way that the modern games went, it's more attacking. And, and to be fair, as an attacking full-back, mm-hmm. getting forward, he's up there with, with, with one of the best, no doubt about it. And you just need to look at his assists and also his goal scoring. And a lot of people going about his, his penalties, but he comes in at that back post yeah. on a number of occasions and... And comes up with a goal, comes up with some special free kicks. Yeah. Um, so I think it comes in for a, a bit of unfair criticism. I've got to be honest with you, I had a, with the caller on Monday 
that um, wanted the captaincy taken off him. Yeah, yeah and, and, and was, he, was he at fault for the goal though? Was he, yeah, should, he was. Should he be side on there? He's got to be. He's got. He's, he's, he's got. He's got to see where Jota is. He's got, you know, and, and that's just that's just bread and butter yeah. normally for a fullback. No, no doubt about. Know that. Yeah. No doubt about it. I think what the, the number of mistakes within that Celtic goal was was scary. But I think the when Maeda's come over. He's ball watching. He's caught flat footed. He's got to be aware. He's got to open his I, body. I do agree with you. He's, he's a lot better going forward than the amount of goals he's scored, yeah. and the amount of assists as well. Think about the assists. Yeah. And when he's hit the post on Sunday, and he's coming he, a header at the back post. Yeah, well, just over, and you know? people out, Mark. Yeah. He's got that ability. He's got a wand of a right. And we've spoke about it many a times. Three hundred grand he cost. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to remember that as well. So yeah. it's a real good bit of business and I think they've got a, a good player is he the one that's going to go and pull people up and shout and scream no he's not but that there's type Callum McGregor and we've been praising him to the hill yep. for what he's been he's doing for the past number of years he's not yep. that type of captain it does help if you've got real good players around you and you've got forwards making good runs and Callum McGregor takes it and he's got three or four different options he can play it wide he can play it short he can, he's got a runner over the top it does help if you're in the middle of the park and you've got options you know, that's, that, that that helps as a midfielder. Barry will tell you that. And then looking at Rangers, I says on Monday night, James Tavernier looks like the most likely guy to score for Rangers. And that's a fullback. Now that's an issue as well. Yep. On the, the opposite side, just because Barry mentioned earlier, uh, John Borna Banisic, a year ago in his deal, and something I just think, if you want to become league champions, if Rangers are serious, and I'm sure that they are, is Barisic, I mean, should it not be the left fullback that the Rangers are focusing on in the supporters rather than actually the right-hand side where Tavernier is? Yeah, I, I think if if they can find another left-back of quality, um, younger, with a good engine to get forward, Tavernier does it brilliant. Barisic, he's got a great left foot um, and he does get forward. Uh, defensively, he gets caught out now and again, obviously, but... Um, I, I, I think that if the, if they got somebody else, I think if Michael Beale, if a left-back came available, uh, I think they would look to to move Barisic on, yeah. especially with, as you say, another year left on his contract. They, they spent five million in the summer. On Yilmaz. On Yilmaz. Yeah. Yeah. Any so, signs here, Barry, that you would, you would give I still, him I've a, not seen a, enough. Yeah. Matt, yeah. I've not seen enough of him. He's just not in the team, Yilmaz. He's, He's been, been injured. injured a bit, yeah. He had a, a, a real bad hamstring tear. Okay. I think it came off his... The boat had come off the bone, um, so he was out for about three and a half, four months. So I've not seen enough of him, and I, I don't think it's fair to judge a player when you've not seen that much of him. Um, but in terms of Barry, he's another one, and the same as Kamara and Lundstrom. Mm-hmm. If you want to sit them down and you want to extend their contracts, they need to do it now. Don't allow it to go into the next season and come up with the same scenario you have with Ryan Kent Morelos. Did he not nearly leave under Steven Gerrard yep. and Michael Beale before? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, who was it, Natalie? It was. I think it was Roma. Right. I think it Bit was of Roma for him. Yeah. Yep. So listen, he's a creation international. Mm. I know he doesn't start every single game, but listen again, he's similar to Tavernier. Defensively, you can question him at times, but going forward, he whips in an unbelievable ball. 
Yep. We're on the go radio football show 0808 17 17 700. And after the break, we're going to speak to Laurie from Denison. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, representing some of the biggest motor manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Welcome back to the Go Radio Football Show in association with Macklin Motors, 0808 17 17 700. If you want to get through to Barry Ferguson and John Hartson, and the boys have been in sensational form. Tonight, Barry's given us a few names for potential number nines that Michael Beale may go for. Jally at Reading, Akpom at Middlesbrough or Lyndon Dykes at QPR. And uh, let us know what you think in terms of what Michael Beale needs to do at Rangers. And for Celtic across the city, the big news tonight is that the Scottish Cup final has been put back to a 5.30 kick-off on Saturday, June the 3rd at Hamden Celtic v Inverness. Put back to 5.30 and Celtic have already said they are not happy about that decision other news Lionel Messi is leaving PSG Andrew Dixon the latest name uh, in the boardroom to be leaving uh, Rangers and Jude Bellingham is on the verge of signing for Borussia uh, sorry for Real Madrid from Borussia Dortmund right the lines have been busy with some excellent calls tonight I'm sure this is going to be another one we've got Laurie from Denison good evening Laurie uh, Mark good evening uh, good evening John good evening Barry uh, Mark, I know you're doing your anchor man and a big man. You've known me for many, many years. I promise I won't launch into the football equivalent of the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> uh, that makes a change, but, Laurie. <laughs> I, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll try and keep it as beat no, uh, as fine, I can. Fine. Uh, here's my take, big man. Uh, the subject is Ange Postacoglu. Uh, I've got my thoughts on this. Firstly, I hope he's at the helm for many, many years to come. Uh, I remember when Brendan Rodgers uh, became manager at uh, Celtic. Uh, and, of course, they made an instant impact and the whole stadium used to reverberate to the, the strains of Martin. Uh, uh, Brendan Rodgers is here for 10 in a row. Never at any time did I buy that, uh, Mark. Uh, I always felt that uh, he uh, and Stephen Gerrard, the Rangers, regarded uh, the jobs up here as a mere pit stop in their managerial journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't blame them, guys. Uh, they're fueled with ambition. Uh, and I don't think Ange Potter got Cogaloo will be there long-term either. Uh, so the question I want to ask Barry and John is, I personally think that next season uh, he will have a crack at the Champions League to see him get us into the last 16. If he achieves that, mm-hmm. I personally think that's as far as he can take Celtic. Now, the guy's 58 this summer. Mm-hmm. He's already on record as saying that he has unfulfilled ambitions. Uh, Barry, John, at what juncture do you think Hans Postacoglu will say, mission accomplished, it's time for me to try something else? Well, first of all, Laurie, I think you make a, you speak very, uh, speak a lot of sense there. Um, first of all, I just got a, I bought into Brendan Rodgers 10 in a row. Uh, I think a lot of the supporters did. Nobody quite uh, could believe it when he when he walked out the side door and decided to go to Leicester. I think we were all looking at, you know, I thought he would stay personally. I, I didn't know his character to, to, to leave the way that he did. So I thought that. Um, in terms of, of Ange, uh, I think that you're absolutely right. I think he will try and have a crack at the Champions League next season. He wants to take Celtic um, further, 
you know, in Europe. That that would be a a, a really satisfying sort of thing for him to do. Um, he's been ridiculously successful up to now, and I'm like you. I hope he stays for a long time. But um, remember, Celtic gave him an opportunity. You know, Celtic sort of pulled him out of a, of sort of Japan, and and as much as Ange, you know, has done very well. You know, you'd like to think. I know there's not a lot of loyalty in today's game, but you'd like to think as well that he would give Celtic three, four years um, more. I don't know. Uh, I'm just plucking out a number of years there because I'd never heard of him and, and probably two or three percent of the Celtic fans probably had heard of him. The rest probably, like myself, hadn't heard of him. So in terms of that, Celtic have put Ange Postacoglu on the map. You know, he, they've put him on the map. Now, I know he's been incredibly successful and I'd like to think he will give us, you know, this is two years now. He'll give us next year and the year after. So that's four years then. Um, yeah. And for me, I, I don't know what the Celtic fans think, but if he gives us four years and he continues the success and he adds to Celtic Trophy Hall and everything else and and improves players and, and we can see a lot more quality players coming into the football club I think I'd be reasonably happy with that I don't, I don't know about you but I think four years when you're so sought after so I'm talking about another two from now yeah. okay, see, see, what do you think of that Laurie? Laurie I've got a da- different view on it I, I, see looking at Postacoglu and then watching uh, it was hard for me to watch after the game on Sunday, but it looks to me if he's he's enjoying it more. He's right, you know, the Celtic fans are like they're, they're loving what what he's doing, and he, there's a real connection there. I, I think I think he's here for the long term, unless a top six club comes in for him. Mm-hmm. I think he's here for the next two or three years, mm-hmm. as long as Celtic want him and as long as he's successful, and that's something that. Rangers need to try and break um, but you've heard them he wants a crack at the Champions League last year was disappointing they played well in the games but listen it's all about getting points yeah. to the board no doubt about it but I just think it looks to me if he's enjoying himself um, mm. at Celtic at this moment in time and and again unless I, I talk, I'm talking about a top club mm-hmm. I'm talking about top four top six in England I suppose it's a Newcastle or yeah, something like that Well, no even I'm talking like Chelsea's and I mean, they're not even top six now, they're mm-hmm. mid-table, but I'm talking a club with, with budgets that are scary, that I don't think he would entertain going anywhere else unless it was it was worth it. And he's he's found a place that, to me, he looks right at home. What do you think of the boys' answers, Laurie? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. Uh, firstly, I appreciate that they're candid. Uh, Johnny said he rings up around for another couple of years, and unless I picked up Barry... Uh, incorrectly, he thinks he'll be in town for another three or four years. I don't share that optimism. Uh, I think that this forthcoming season will be a last, his last year in town. Mm-hmm. Thereafter, I think he'll be looking to start his stuff in a bigger stage. And, and incidentally, Mark, let me say, like Brendan Rodgers before Ange Postacoglu, uh, you know, I certainly am not going to turn on these guys and feel that they'd be guilty of treachery or betrayal. They've got to do what's best for them. They're ambitious mm-hmm. uh, and they're looking uh, to test themselves uh, in a bigger stage. I don't think necessarily winning domestic honours in Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, as delighted as Armley is, uh, looks as if he's going to win five trophies to be six, which would be Inverness in the cup final. 
Uh, as impressive as that is, I don't think that necessarily enhances anybody's resume or CV mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to getting a managerial job in England. I, I, I mean, I won't it would be. I just think the way that if I'm looking just down the road at the English Premier League, when it's gone mad in terms of man. I mean, you used to say you, you'll, you'll get a couple of transfer yep. windows, you'll get a season. No, well, you're lucky if you're genuinely. You're lucky if you're getting three months. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and would you leave the security and the stability? at Celtic to take a gamble at that Laurie do you, do you think he would or do you think what he's got here might no, be I think a thing I'm wanting a good thing no, no, I, take I, the gamble? I think he'll go right. I, oh I think so absolutely uh, Mark and, and like I say I, I, I couldn't blame him yeah. as I stated uh, moments ago he's 58 years of age now he's already on record as saying he's unfulfilled uh, ambitions he's got challenges that lie ahead mm-hmm. so I can't even see him in there uh, at Celtic Park Ad infinitum, uh, or four or five or, uh, or six years. Mm-hmm. So, as much as I respect the guys' opinions, and I sincerely hope I'm wrong because he's a fantastic manager, uh, and I'll be sorely disappointed if and when he leaves. But I do think another year, if you get Celtic into the last 16, in my estimation, Mark, that's just uh-huh. my opinion, that's as far as he can take Celtic. Laurie, just to, I want to get your take on it and the guys' take, actually, for that matter. You, you kicked off your, your question mentioning uh, Brendan Rogers, he was there. Handed on Sunday, I think the first time he's attended a Celtic game since he left the club for Leicester um, four years ago. What did you make of that appearance? Are you, are you reading anything into it? No, I'm really not. His he's presence ever rankled with me as it did an awful lot of people. A lot of people were seeing uh, with age incandescent with anger when he left to go to Leicester. These are the same people that were confident he'd going to be around for 10 in a row. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, Mark, uh, in just about every avenue of life, Money talks. Mm-hmm. Well, Laurie, if you, if you, what you're saying is you knew, you're almost saying that you knew Brendan would leave. You're, you're a genius well, I, I, if you I, think I, that. Listen, uh, John, I told that to those around me. My mm. seat is in the North Stand. Uh, and I've got a lot of good friends that sat around me. Good Celtic men uh, who've travelled all over the continent to watch the team. Uh, they're passionate and they love a Celtic. Mm. But they were convinced that Brendan Rodgers uh, was going to hang around for 10 in a row. Mm. Never at any time, John, uh, did I think that was a distinct possibility. I always saw, as I say, he'd be looking to shut his stuff on the bigger stage. He was already managing uh, Liverpool, came very, very close to winning the league. He had some success initially at Leicester, but he's paid the penalty yeah. at he Leicester. Took, he, because took, he took Swansea into the Premier League, they hadn't been there for 35 years. Mm. What Fantastic. a job he did with Swansea, yeah, yeah as well. I mean, yeah. that's one thing about, I mean, okay, the, the circumstances in which he left. Yeah. You know, didn't sit well with a number of Celtic fans. I actually kind of, I'm, I'm in Laurie's camp. It didn't come as a great shock to me, and you know, where are some of the circumstances, and I, I could mm, understand mm. why. But the bottom line is, you take all that away. I've just spoke what he did with Leicester. Uh, sorry, with, with Swansea. But well, uh, by the way, Liverpool, by the way, he's an outstanding he won an manager. Cup at Leicester. And, yeah, outstanding manager and and, and coach. Laurie, well, he, fin- that, he finished fifth. Yeah, in in two seasons at Leicester, yeah. just behind the Champions right, League places. Great, apart from the season, it, it, yeah, it was absolutely. great. Laurie, would you? I mean, I think I know what probably ninety percent of Celtic fans would say. But in terms of yourself, would you take Brendan Rodgers back one day as manager? Aye, absolutely. Uh, the guy's got he's got a, a proven pedigree. He's got an impeccable managerial uh, record. Uh, he's a good manager. He's uh, a communicator. Uh, aye. Uh, what did you think of when he left? Yeah, so I think you just cut out a wee bit there, Laurie. Barry, I know um, it's not your team, but in terms of what was your kind of view on it in terms of uh, Brendan Rodgers four years ago? 
in terms of what he built yeah and, and, and just the, his departure and the circumstances yeah I, I, again it's it's one of the ones where I think he had done finished business down in England because of the way it happened at Liverpool John just mentioned it, he just missed out on the, the, the title and he went down to Leicester and he was pretty successful apart from this season he won the cup down, down at Leicester um, I don't know if it'll go against him I don't think it should because I, I think he is a, a top manager you just need to listen to some of the players that he's coached and how he comes across in the media he talks really well um, I'm sure he'll get another job um, and I think he'll get another big job because he um, just don't think of what's happened the, the last three se- uh, last three months um, the way that Leicester have kind of free fall down to the, the bottom end of the, the, the Premier League um, but I thought when he was up here I've got to be honest with you I was delighted to see the, the back of him because he had built a real strong Celtic team and going for the treble treble yeah, right? he left for about six weeks to go yeah he, he was um, and listen he's again a lot of I mean, guys that I know are Celtic fans I don't think we'd have him back just because he, he left but I, I think it's just part he'd been up here at times when, when the lure of the Premier League and the money and the budgets that you have to work with sometimes it's it's what managers want to do in life. Would you ever, ever have, have Brendan back at, at Celtic, John? I'm not sure whether he would be, he'd be welcome. Not because of the job that he did, but the way that he, he, ups, he down, you know, he down tools and up sticks and, and left. And it, it was like overnight, wasn't it? And he hurt a lot of Celtic supporters. A lot of Celtic supporters felt betrayed, they felt hurt. Even though he brought great football and trophies, um, sometimes... Um, you know, I, I don't want to go into it too much because I might get myself in a bit of trouble. But uh, you know, I just felt that I, th- I think that if he wanted to leave, he could have he could have gone about it in a, in a, in a better way. I think to keep his counsel with the Celtic fans and and his respect. How many weeks was it before the end of the season? I think it was about maybe seven or eight at the seven. most. Yeah, I think he could have come out and made a statement, and I, I still think the job would have been there for him. It might not have been. Leicester might have said, we need you now. You have to make a decision now. The contract is there, ready now. But I don't know. I'm not party to what happened with Leicester. But all I do know is that I think in the cold light of day, when Brendan Rodgers looks in the mirror, I think he feels he could have done it better. He could have made the decision better. If, you know, he's not, he's he's an intelligent guy. Mm. I think when he looks back, he thinks, you know what? I made a bit of a, a backside of that and I, I could have gone about it in a better fashion. I made come out with a statement and said, look, I've got an opportunity. I've left you with a great side. I've left you with all these medals. Fulfilled the treble. Lenny came in eventually and, and, and got us there. Yeah. Um, and then I think he would have left with a lot of people's blessings. The way that he left, um, I, I think, upset a lot of people and I'm not sure... You know, I have to ask the fans. Although how good he is, I I believe in him as a manager. But you know, I I think it's it'll be quite split in terms of would the fans want him back now. Do you think he'll get another job? Why? I mean, I think he's, a big think, job. Yeah, I think he's fluent in Spanish. I think he's possibly fluent in Italian as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if his next move um, is abroad, maybe uh, La Liga um, or something. That wouldn't surprise me if that's his uh, if that's his next um, move. But it would also wouldn't surprise me if he ended up at Spurs. Um, or somewhere like that either but we'll see that was a good call from Laurie from Denison Celtic fans would you ever take Brendan Rodgers back 
into the dugout someday uh, in the future that would be an interesting uh, topic of debate 0808 17 17 700 Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors representing some of the biggest motor manufacturers across Scotland Let's go Welcome back to the Go Radio Football Show I'm Mark Goody in for Paul Cooney tonight and we've had a belt in oh, what we're at, nearly quarter to 7 hour an hour and 45 minutes we've had some great calls the boys have been in fine form, John Hartson and Barry Ferguson tonight talking all things Celtic, Rangers, English Premier League, looking abroad uh, as well. Jude Bellingham about to sign for Real Madrid. The Scottish Cup finals been moved back uh, to a 5.30 kickoff on June the 3rd at hand in between Celtic and Inverness, uh, Cali Thistle. So lots to get through. Barry, I just want to go back to, to Rangers because we kicked off a good bit of the show talking about the, the recruitment process and what might happening whether Michael B would want a director of football but I suppose when you look at it at, at the moment he's got John Park there who's got a terrific track record and John Brown as well who's, who's you know who's sourced uh, some great I mean I know John Brown was you know um, highly involved in for example Carlos Cuellar uh, away back under uh, Walter so there's, there's two guys right away in the building that he can lean on that's why um... that's why sorry I'm, I'm thinking that he may not go down the route he wanting a director of football because you've got John Park who's held similar roles elsewhere you've got Bomber there John Brown as you say real good scouting network um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what he's going to be uh, doing um, in terms of, of that kind of role but kind of strikes me if he likes to be in charge mm-hmm. and I think he feels maybe that he's got enough people round about now that might change further down the line but I, I don't think they're in a major rush because um, when it first got announced Ross Wilson was leaving I'm thinking right who, who can they bring in but listening to Michael Beale over the last few weeks sounds to me that he's in control of the situation he knows who he wants to bring in they're, they're far down the line with a number of players um, so I don't think it's going to be um, a situation that they'll be desperate to sort that kind of role and, and John it's the first time that you've been on the show since uh, Sunday uh, when Celtic uh, beat Rangers to get to the the Scottish Cup final, one uh, 0 The 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 goal from from Jota, the header at the back post. What did you make of the performance from Ange Postecoglou's side? Well, I, I, I think when you're on the verge of um, history, like they are, I know. Listen, a lot of times, both of us, three of us, have said tonight we kept kept going on about trebles, trebles, trebles. All we've spoken about. Inverness might have something to say about this, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I know Celtic would be huge favourites, but let's have a little bit of respect for Inverness as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought Celtic looked a little bit... Um, I didn't think they they were free-flowing like they normally are. Um, they scored the goal. Um, I think Sakala missed a good chance um, on the back post. and I, I, I just felt that when you're in the situation like that, you, you, one or two players can show a little bit of nerves. You know, and it's all about getting the job done. And Celtic wouldn't have, wouldn't have been bothered on Sunday night celebrating with the with the Scottish Cup, whether it was one nil, whether it was six nil. They wanted to just win that cup. Um, sorry, get to the final of the mm-hmm. cup. Shall I say, hypocrite? By the way, I am. Um, so for me, I, I think um, Ange might have expected a better performance, but he seemed happy enough by. You know, Rangers were always going to come and be difficult, you yeah. know, and work hard and get in your face. And, and obviously, Barry can talk about the Rangers' performance, but it was 1-0 and uh, could have been maybe a couple more if it took the chances. But I, I just think sometimes when you get into a position 
and you get one nil up, it's almost a case of, you know, we're we're in we're in front and we want to stay in front, you know, but without without being their regular scintillating, playing, creating, getting boards in the box. You know, as a performance, I would probably say it was about eighty-five percent of what they normally are, mm. but they got the job done, which is which is the most important thing. Barry, I know you're on in, in Monday night. You, you twenty-four hours to reflect, but now you know two or three days on. How how do you assess the, the ninety minutes on Sunday? Frustrated. That that's the 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 word that I, I'll use. I thought Rangers were okay between both boxes. I thought there were some decent passages of, of play, but where it really matters is in your defending your own box and attacking the opposition box uh, and as I said in terms of Celtic's goal one thing you know you can never switch off against good teams you know the way Celtic if there's a free kick hand on the ball play straight away switch off and then it's just a comedy errors leading up to the, the, the goal um, but that's what good teams do they punish you and then in the, the other box just no ruthless enough they, ha- they had a few chances um, Sakala's got to score no, no doubt yeah. about it. Um, Arfield had a, a long-range shot. Joe made a good save. Tavernier off the post and then he had the melee with Morelos with Carter Vickers has mm-hmm. cleared it. But I thought overall Rangers just didn't do enough. Um, if you look back at it, it's, that's, what it's, that's what the damage is done in games in, in both boxes and, and that's what's been Rangers' Achilles heel this, this season. Well, that's... A year now since since Rangers have beaten Celtic. Celtic have been pretty dominant. Um, now, what do you make of the way it's kind of shaping up between both clubs? Well, I, I think there's a lot we've spoken about um, Rangers players leaving, certain players leaving. Michael Michael Beale bringing in six, seven players. He, he needs a, an overhaul of players that of quality. Let's not forget. I think Celtic will will add as well. Um, straight into the Champions League financially, they're in a a very, very good place. Um, so I, I can see Celtic uh, dominating if Ange stays, which I think he will. Um, I think the players have been very good, but as I said, they're not they're not a team, he's not a manager that stands still and rests on a, a, a double, on, on, a, on a potential treble. Um, I think he'll want to go again, certainly in Europe. That's where you're ultimately really judged as a manager. If you can get to the the knockout stages and, and, and the big teams then start coming to Celtic Park for the big European nights. Of course, they'll have three of them in, in the in the Champions League uh, group group stage. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think Ange will want to keep winning. He's, he's a winner. You can clearly see that. Um, no respite for the players. They'll have training programmes over the summer. He'll have his eye close to the ground in terms of quality players and... Uh, and and I can see Celtic just just dominating for the for the next couple of seasons. I re, I really can. I was asked the question yesterday. What when Rangers won fifty five, they were desperate to get to fifty five. They did it. They did it with a plum uh, that season. But now all of a sudden, Nan just come in. He's 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 brought quality in the way that he plays, the style, the system. He's won two leagues in a row, and barring. An incredible, you know, Michael Beal signings and build. I, I I can't see Celtic losing for the next couple of seasons. I just I just feel this is so so strong right now. Well, you look. I mean, financially, you look. You look at Celtic. The balance sheet is very very healthy. They have got, as you say, another guaranteed Champions League jackpot, whatever that may be, whatever the net figure is, 25, 30, 35 million. If need be, could you see if Ange Postecoglou goes to the board and said, "I've spotted someone." 
what he's eight, he's eight and a half, nine well, we, million we, quid. We, Could you see Celtic spending that kind of money? Fancies Barry, this guy is the one for us. They'll have to. <laughs> They'll have to, because he's the manager, and if you want to keep hold of him, you got to keep him happy. You'll have to give him the money if he comes out and specifically pinpoints. Remember, we paid nine, I think it was, for Edward. Mm-hmm. You know, a yeah, few right. years back. Yeah, you know, yeah. and what we get twenty odd back for him. So. Mm-hmm. We were saying quality players, you know you're going to get a, a return for them. And uh, listen, you've got to back your manager on the success that he's had. If he was to go to um, uh, to, to, to Peter Lowell and Peter Lowell's son, who's head of recruitment, and they get on the phone to Dermot Desmond, and wants a player, 10 million, um, I think Saturday will stump up the cash because they trust the manager. And up until now, you know, why wouldn't you give him the money? Can you see Celtic doing something... In- a significant spend in the next couple of months Barry I've been asked the question before I, I think he'll, he'll go and sign three or four players I, I, I do and I always believe when you're you're on top it's the best time to, to, to strengthen uh, and I think Celtic will go and strengthen again in the summer and that makes Rangers summer recruitment even more important um, no doubt about it and I've been asked about Rangers about budgets how long is a piece of string I, I, yeah. I really don't know is it, can all, it can also depend on how much they generate themselves. If it is a, a Camara, exactly. a Lundstrom, whoever. You know. what, what I take for it is what Michael Beale says, it's the biggest budget that a Rangers manager's had in a number of years. Now I go for the summer, for instance, with Gio. Gio spent 12, 13 million pounds. Ben Davis, Sholak, Yilmaz, Matondo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was about 12 or 13. So that tells me he's getting more than that. So I have a guess at 15. But then it's how you generate a bit more. I spoke about guys like Kamara, guys like Lundstrom, maybe Sholak if he's not going to be the number nine. Hadji's just signed a long-term contract. If he's not going to be playing, I've seen Celta Vigo are interested in him. So Rangers can generate a few quid for maybe doing a bit of business with in-contract players. Um, so, yep, Celtic are definitely going to strengthen and Rangers, as I said, it's so important this summer transfer window for Michael Beale and I think he knows that as well. They're going to have to start... Um, beating Celtic at some stage he needs to hit the ground running next season Michael Beale because if you look at it he won't get more than a season mm-hmm. he won't last unless they start winning trophies unless they start beating Celtic because if you look at Giovanni Van Bronckhurst won the Scottish Cup got to a European final alright sacked out the door didn't think he was successful enough um, even though he achieved that so Michael Beale talk about pressure he has to start beating Celtic and Rangers have to get back so somehow lifting silverware again because it's been far too long since they really, you know, got into a situation where you go into games and think Rangers are the favourites for this. So I like for do- are dominating. I know over the years, you know, it, it, it peaks and troughs, these type of things. But in the last 10 or 11 years, there's only really been one team. Michael Beale has the responsibility to, to stop that happening. I go back to when they won 55. They had to kick on. They had mm. to go and strengthen. I thought they just <laughs> thought, right, this team's just won the league. We're good to go again. I know what it was like, and John's Celtic yeah. team is probably the same. If we won a double or a treble, see, in pre-season, there'd be three or four new players coming through that, that door. And that would make you sit up and take notes and think, here, there's quality players coming in here. And that's what Rangers had to do. And I think that's what Celtic will do in the summer. Mm. And again, I'll go back to it. That's what Rangers know what they're up against. They're he, up won't against last. The... he won't last, Barry, if he, if, he, no. if he doesn't 
you know, he's got to hit the round, ground running. The first yeah. trophy of the season is the League Cup. He certainly has to get to the final. Um, and it's pressure. It's pressure. He's selling, as you said, selling he's behind Martin, Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill always used to say to us, mm-hmm. got to win. Find a way to win. I, know, I, don't care. Really I, I don't care how you play. I, Rangers could have been garbage mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was all about just winning, finding a way to win that game and make sure you get to that final against Cali Thistle. Yeah. And... and They've never done it. So, listen, it's um, going forward. I'm looking forward to the summer because I'm looking forward to see what's available mm. and what's going to be coming in through the door to make sure they go and mount a serious challenge to Celtic next year. Has it been unacceptable this season? Yeah, Barry? Rangers, you've got to win trophies, man. You know yourself, you've been yeah. involved in media, you've covered games. You know what Scotland's like, it's certainly the west of Scotland. You play at Rangers, you're demanded to win trophies every single season John how would you sum up Celtic season? I know they're, they're still to get, officially get two trophies over the line but it's looking like a treble for Angie's team well it's, it's been another remarkable season hasn't it um, you know to win a treble is very very it's something I never did I won a double uh, but you know it, it's with you forever um, Angel will be delighted to have got his first treble at the club, very special for you know for, for a manager who's just been at the club for two years to do it so early in the Celtic reign as well, a double last season, um, and obviously a treble. I think the players have been excellent. You know, I've waxed lyrical about all of them, all the signings and how well they play, and from Kyogo to the goalkeeper. And as I said though, Mark, you know, it's Andrew will just see it. Yes, he'd be delighted with the success, but he'll just see it as right. We've got one. Let's go and get another one. You know that's that's how this man thinks. He wants to win again. He won't be. He won't settle for second best this manager, and that's why we are so desperate to hold on to the manager. Okay, brilliant. Thanks for that, John Hartson and Barry Ferguson. What a show we've had tonight on the Go Radio Football Show. Eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. We've had plenty of calls, and we'll be back again to do it all tomorrow night. And that coming up right after this, it's Joko Day. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, representing some of the biggest motor manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistleberry Road, Hamilton.